You're listening to the B2B Content Show, a podcast about the how, what, and why of B2B content marketing. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the show. I'm Jeremy Shear. The show is brought to you by Conversa, a boutique agency that uses the art of interviewing to showcase your special sauce to help prospects get to know, like, and trust you. Now, if you had to rank content types from the most valuable to the least valuable, I think you'd probably have to put video either right at the top or at least right near the top because that's what most of the surveys and those state of the industry reports say. But when you start to explore video, you realize that it's a little more complicated than it might seem because there are all different kinds of videos and some work better for some platforms, some work better for others. And if you've been paying attention to this stuff, you know that one of the most popular forms of video is the short form, that kind of vertical style video with the captions. On Instagram, they're called Reels. YouTube calls them shorts and TikTok calls them TikToks. That's really interesting, is it? And it makes me wonder, why is this particular style of video so popular? If you're a content marketer, should you be producing them for your brand? And if so, how do you go about doing that? So to help us get some answers, I have with me today, Corey Aldrin. Corey is CEO and founder of Sermon Shots, which is a video clip production platform for churches and other organizations. So Corey, thank you so much for being here. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, so let's get right into it. But first, just describe really briefly what you've built, what Sermon Shots is. Yeah, in its simplest explanation, it it really is helping organizations take their long form content, I think 10 minutes, 15, 30 minutes, whatever it is, and utilizing that to build your short form content. So not creating additional content, but taking what you already have and using it efficiently. Right. And it's a really cool platform. I've tried it. And there are some other platforms out there that do similar things. And we'll talk about those in a second. But first, I just want to talk a little bit more generally about this style of video, these short clips. And I feel like they've been around for a while. And in fact, I think if you go back all the way to around 2012, 2013, on what used to be called Vines, which no longer exists, but that was like one of the first iterations of these kind of very short videos, 10 seconds, 20 seconds, that kind of thing. But now they're back with a vengeance and they're they're really popular. So What's your opinion? What is driving the popularity of these kind of short form, less than 60 second type videos? Yeah, well, after Vine, I think the next big thing was TikTok. Yeah. What TikTok brought was something a little bit different. They brought a recommendation algorithm, which helped when you create something, it helped get it to the person that wanted to see your content. And what happened was, when people got on TikTok, they saw a whole feed of things that they were interested in. They didn't have to go looking for stuff, looking for people to follow. It was sending you the sort of video content that you wanted. So that on top of just our attention spans getting smaller and smaller and smaller, I think uh, has caused this new form to really blow up. And what also happened was Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, they saw this too. Yeah. And they, there's competition. There hasn't really been a whole lot of competition in the uh, social media space for a while. Facebook has owned it 
at least the way we think of social media, Facebook has owned it. And now there's competition and they're investing a lot of money in this. They're seeing the trend and YouTube now as well. And so I think the combination of these big companies investing a lot and pushing this and making the recommendation models better, but also people watching it this way, I think is not going away. My family looks like this in an evening sometimes where we all sit around the TV and we're watching Netflix, let's say something yeah. that we all want to watch. I'm sitting there watching and I look over and my wife and my kids are also watching clips. They'd actually prefer to watch 30 second things where there's a new one every 30 seconds than, than watch my 30 minute video that I have going on Netflix, right? Or the hour long show, whatever. So it's a thing that is... It's just popular yeah, because of that. Right. And, and clearly, for all the reasons you mentioned, it's become really popular. And again, I'll give you my take and you tell me what you think. Yeah. First of all, these things are highly addictive and they're engineered to be that way specifically, right? And I know that because you read about it, but also from personal experience, there's times when I'll go on YouTube just to actually for a work purpose, and then I'll notice a short and I'll click it. And the next thing I know, it's an hour goes by and I resurface and I'm like, what the hell just happened? And I've been flicking through these shorts and, you know, it almost doesn't matter what they're about. Or if there's one you're totally not interested in, you just flick on by and go to the next one. But I yeah. think that there's something about the promise of them being super short. So you're not going to have to spend too much time on any one. There's always a next one in the queue. They're all formatted the same way. And there's enough in there that the algorithm is feeding you that is actually entertaining and that you actually, that it just keeps you there on the promise that, oh, the next one might be even better. And <laughs> it's just so like this continuous motion of going through. I think that that's a lot of what's driving it. Like all those things combined. Does that seem yeah, right? Absolutely. And that's part of the algorithm is it knows Every time you swipe and you miss one, that's giving, it's feeding it a little bit more information. Okay, don't send that sort of stuff. And then you watch one and then, and it just knows the next one, the next one you'll like then, right? And if you start to pick up on that, like you're saying, ah, just another 30 seconds. Ah, just another 15 seconds. Ah, just yeah. another 30 seconds. 10 minutes later, oh, that was a lot of 15, 30 second videos. I, I wish 10 minutes later. It's <laughs> maybe longer. like yeah. an hour later, like no kidding. <laughs> And I'm like, where did that go? What was I doing? <laughs> it's astonishing how addictive these things are, which of course is going to be very attractive if you're a content marketer. You know, you want that stickiness. I've noticed just for me, the shorts that I now produce get way more views, way more engagement just by the raw numbers than a five minute video that I'll post typically, let alone a much longer video of a whole podcast episode or something like that which I think any marketer looking like that is going to looking at that is going to be like, okay, I think we should be doing this. But what's your take though? You know, from a marketing standpoint, what is the value of these shorts? I personally think the biggest value is new customers. So the thing mm -hmm. that these algorithms take into account is much less your followers, right? And so if you look at your analytics to some of these, actually, you're probably seeing that more people that are not your followers are seeing your content. And so that is great for outreach to getting in the new, whatever it is you're selling or marketing, getting that, that new person to see your content is huge. Mm -hmm. I'm definitely in the church space. And so I've seen churches who will 
share a sermon, right? This is what they're used to. And it gets 10 views. They take a little clip out of that and they just start a TikTok page that has, I don't know, 10 followers and they get a thousand views on it overnight. It's it, that is, that's the power of this. And then over and over doing that once a day, over and over, you'll, you're getting your voice in front of a lot of people. So here's one thing that, that I'm, that I wonder as I'm scrolling through those 30 second, whatever clips, I rarely pause to, to click and learn more and read the caption and actually see where is this coming from? I'm not sure that I've ever actually clicked through a website to see it's more just sure. in the moment going through. So there's one thing that, yeah, you're, I'm, my eyeballs are on it. But isn't the point, though, really to drive more engagement and drive me to more of their content? And so I guess I'm playing devil's advocate a little bit. Is there something about the quick nature of the way we consume these things, just going one to the other, that maybe cuts against that a little bit? Yes, in a way. But I think it's because we're, as marketers, we're so used to being able to then point them to a new location. I think what we have to do is flip our thinking a little bit with these new platforms. It's not necessarily get them to go right after they watch, but over time, mm. get them used to the thing that you're trying to convince, not necessarily selling a product, but like, what is the thing that you want people to get out of this? And so it's over time, will they recognize if you're selling yourself as the brand, will they start to recognize your face over and over and over? And then when they are somewhere else and they're like, oh, I remember so-and-so. I've watched a lot of his videos on X. Yeah. I'm going to go to his website and find him to do that thing, right? Because now they trust you. You've, you've helped them with other things over and over. Maybe it's just your brand. You've got multiple people inside of your brand and your logo. But anything related to your brand is seen over and over and over will help put that in their mind when they are ready to do the thing that you're trying to sell, right? Yeah. So, okay. Uh, somebody has to see your product. I don't know what the number is, 10, 15, 20 times right. before they purchase. Well, this is that idea is just get in front of them. Don't make the goal a click on a link because that's just not going to happen. In yeah. Forms. At least not yet. Yeah. Well, no, I think I agree with you. You convinced me there that, right. And, and okay. <laughs> that's, so we're talking about, yeah, sure. Like kind of top of funnel type content. You're just trying to make people aware, brand awareness, we might call it. Yeah. Right? And if you do this consistently over yeah. time, then people will start to associate that image. And yeah, on their own time, when they're ready to learn more, you're still there. You're right there. They don't have to go looking for you. Yep. And, that's, and that is the idea. Yep. Right. Okay. So now, what about the aesthetic of these clips, right? They all, they have a very particular style. They're done in this sort of portrait mode, right? The, is that right? Or do you call it vertical, like a vertical orientation? I personally say vertical, but okay. yeah. Okay, but you know what I mean? Like meant to be watched yep. on a phone, right? Without having to turn the phone sideways. They, there's like a certain kind of editing that's like very quick and like no spaces between words or sentences. Captions, colorful, different kind of captions. What's going on there? Not so much how do you produce these, because we'll get to that in a second, but what do you make of that particular style? Like, how did that evolve? And how important is it if you're going to do these clips to do it that particular way, do you think? Yeah, so multiple things in that. I would say just quickly on the vertical format, 
it's really strange, but just the having to switch to, to horizontal, everything you do on your phone is this way. It was only videos that you had to flip your phone, yeah. at least for most people. And that flip, it's just a, it's a slight annoyance, I think, to people. And so being able to do it all like that and take up the whole screen, it's just naturally how people use their phone. The cutting is because people are forced to answer the question or do the video in a short amount of time. Yeah. 30 seconds, 15 seconds. People can ingest it that quickly. So that's not a problem. It's just videos when we're talking about people that are used to using longer form, there's pauses in between and you know, all that. But if you can just say it, people will ingest it that way and then appreciate that it's quicker. Yeah. So I, I think that's why that is. And just the slight switch too. So a lot of people, even if the clip is 30 seconds, even that, you have to make some changes in it to keep attention. If it's just like this the whole time and you're 30 seconds, it the brain's used to something changing every five seconds. So yeah. zoom in and out or switch something, make something happen that keeps the brain just, oh, that's new. That's different. It's different. So I think there's a lot to that. Yeah. Okay. Right. And that's why the often you'll see just like quick cutting. If it's two people talking, instead of just having the people side by side, having quick cuts between them, like you say, zooming in and out. And now that you're saying this, I'm thinking in a way, that's what the captions are for. I think there are two reasons. Exactly. One is if you don't have your sound on, then you can see, you can read what people are saying, or you, you can see, oh, people are saying something. I'll turn my sound on. And it's, and if you do captions in an interesting way, it's a visual element and it keeps exactly. your eyes, it keeps your brain stimulated, I guess. Yep. Absolutely. And if, like you said, if it's on mute, what's the one thing you can do? You can't do anything with sound, right? And where's their attention? If it's on mute, it's on the text. Yeah. So the text is all you can really mess with. And so what can you do with the text that's different? It's a little bit of a different way of thinking it because in the past, it's like, what can you do with the video yeah. to make it right? But the text is the thing that everybody's eyes on. And when you're reading, you don't actually even see what's going on in the video side. So what can we do visually with the text? Right. And if there's text, it usually means that what's being featured is somebody talking and which kind of stands to reason like, well, I don't know if I need to watch the person talking so much, at least after <laughs> a few seconds, I just want to know what they're saying. And yeah, if the text yeah. is done in a cool way with cool fonts and backgrounds or whatever, or the colors moving from word to word, that can be fun to watch for 15 seconds or 30 seconds. Yep, exactly. Yeah. Okay. So. Now, lastly, there's a bunch of platforms out there, including yours, including Sermon Shots, that help solve the problem of producing these clips, right? Because, and listeners, if you've never produced one, you can maybe get a sense from how we're talking about them is you really need to do them in a particular way. And it's not super difficult because they're short, but it takes time. And so there are a lot of platforms out there that is, as Corey explained earlier, you can upload a, a full video, let's say 20 minutes, 30 minutes, and these platforms will automatically chop it into shorter videos and then give you all kinds of options for custom uh, with the fonts and so forth. So, Corey, my question to you is a lot of these platforms are new. If you're curious and you're out there testing them out or looking for one, what are you looking for? Like, what are some of the features that in a given instance do you think a marketer would want to be on the lookout for to know which platform is going to 
get them where they need to go. Yeah, I would say for me personally, I, I would work on what can make it the fastest and easiest for me. My whole thought is typically this is coming out of some other piece of content. And so because you're creating something new or you're using what you already have to create something new, what's the fastest way that we can do that? These aren't overly complicated videos. They're just different. And so what can do it the fastest really? What saves you time? Or in another way of thinking about it, what can somebody on your team who's not a video person, video people can be expensive. Uh, so instead of hiring a videographer, who's somebody on your team that can already do this? Can they do this quickly without having to learn some complicated video software? I, I think that's a good test for any platform. Okay. So you might, so if you're actually going to do this, you might take like one of your copywriters or whomever, it seems like they'd be good to do this, sit them down and say, okay, spend the next hour testing this platform and see how simple or complicated it is to create the kind of assets that we want and just try it. Absolutely. Yeah. And then on top of that is just with the vast kind of array of different things that will probably pop up over the next year. Can you fine tune it to the way that you want it to look? Yeah. And can that be done easily? There's going to be little adjustments, different things, different takes on this sort of video. What you want your video to look like at the end, can it do that? Can it get so. you there right in the fastest, most fun way, really? Yeah. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Fun too. Yeah. Because it is fun to put these together. I've tried yeah. a bunch of these platforms. And for me so far in my limited sample size, what I find that I'm looking for is, okay, First of all, how good is the AI at selecting clips that when I look at them, I'm like, yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one. Are they the clips I would have selected by hand? So that's one. And then two is if I don't see a clip I want, how easy is it for me to create a custom clip? Still using the platform, right? That's one thing that I yeah. ran into and you know, some are better than others. So I guess it, it just depends like what your goals are, what kind, specifically what kind of clips you're trying to make and you find a platform that just you get or that does what you need it to do in the easiest way, I suppose. Yeah. Okay. Well, Corey, we've covered a lot of ground, a lot for our listeners to think about. What's the best way for people to connect with you? You can find me personally on LinkedIn. I'm the only Corey Aldrin on there. My the Sermon Shots brand is on sermonshots.com. You can follow us on any of those platforms and follow what we're doing there. Okay. Well. Excellent. And to be clear, sermon chats, you built it for churches, but any organization can use it, right? Yeah, it's, it is definitely geared towards churches, Christian ministries, that sort of thing. But we do have other organizations that just find the value in converting their long form content into short form. So, okay. Excellent. Yeah. We'll put a link to uh, sermon chats in the show notes and a link to your LinkedIn so people can uh, check you out and connect. Well, Corey, thanks so sure. much. Uh, this, this was really cool. I learned a lot. Thank you. I appreciate it. I had a good time. That's it for this episode of the B2B Content Show. You can subscribe anywhere you get podcasts on any podcast app. And while you're at it, you might as well give the show five stars and leave an over-the-top comment about how much you love the podcast. If you'd like to be a guest on the show or you know someone who you think would be a great guest, let us know. You can contact me at jeremy at conversa.com. That's C-O-N-N-versa.com. 
The B2B Content Show is brought to you by Conversa Podcasting. Check us out at conversa.com to learn more about how we help B2B brands start podcasts to connect through conversation with the buyers and decision makers you need to get to know to grow your business. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.